And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Another year, another Jets loss to open the season, guys. In a lot of ways, this one kind of felt worse. This was supposed to be the year this team took a step forward, became competitive, all the offseason additions, a good draft class, all the optimism as fans entered MetLife Stadium on Sunday. There was none of that as they left, mostly long before the final plays. The Jets go down 24-9 to the Ravens for their record. 13th consecutive September loss. We are breaking it all down here on the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster, along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. We're going to talk about the positives. There were some positives, mostly early on, mostly on the defensive side of the football. We'll talk about the mistakes as well. Uh, But first, we have something much more serious to get to. We need to apologize, basically, for a big error we made on the episode last week. We made a promise to you when Zach joined this show. And to be honest, I'm shocked anyone's even listening today after this mistake. We went back on that promise. Zach has the official Can't Wait podcast statement on the matter. Zach, the floor is yours. All right. I'm going to try not to cry while I say this. Um, All right. To our loyal listeners, on behalf of the Can't Wait podcast, I would like to apologize for our failure to talk about Chris Strebler on our most recent episode, published on September 8th, 2022. I personally take responsibility for this terrible error, especially since we could have easily discussed how Chris was imitating Lamar Jackson in practice last week. I do not want to make any excuses, though I do feel like this is somehow Connor's fault. This will not happen again. My only hope is that the Jets don't lose Chris Strebler to a team like the Dallas Cowboys as a result of our actions. Chris Traveler deserves better. Please forgive us. The Can't Wait podcast. And you bring up a, the biggest Incredible. point there. I said, bravo. And and we <laughs> we are better than this. We are going to move on. We're going to remember this. It's going to make us better. Yes. Um, and we will continue. And and we've already taken care it's, of it. It's not the same old Can't Wait podcast, as they say about the right. Jets. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Not the same old thing. We're getting better. Uh, <laughs> seriously, though, how many of you, well, how many of us on this, in this, chat right here me marissa and zach immediately while watching the game last night the cowboys game uh when prescott gets hurt gets hurt we're <laughs> thinking oh no oh no a quarterback's hurt they're gonna sign chris traveler off the practice squad right oh man i mean i i, just, I did seriously because it's the easiest path you know obviously there are people <laughs> who are gonna talk about jimmy g but you know, yeah like yes. is, is, is chris traveler really worse than cooper rush like come on people so um you know the jets might have to make a decision soon who knows yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, let's get to <laughs> let's get to actually anyway. one more one more housekeeping thing to take care of. We we mentioned what, that we're going to have a listener each week uh, participate in the picks. Uh, Connor, by the way, who kicked things off is zero and two heading into the Monday night football game. <laughs> I tonight. didn't even check so, how I did actually. Yeah, uh, I was two and one. I think I Zach, did terrible. One and two. 
Marissa 0 and 3. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I didn't even that. remember my picks, but like when I was checking all the scores yesterday, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had I that got the, one. I got the Vikings nope. right. I know that. I'm happy about that. Yeah, one. I know. And you that were was spot that's on. what I got wrong. Yeah. You were spot yeah. on. How about them Vikings? Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's what I think my prediction's looking good. NFC North right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good start. And um, Marissa, does this work for you to pick the person who's going to help us later in the week? in monitoring the chat session on the Monday or sometimes Tuesday episode after games, um, we see who's the most entertaining person in there. Who's a, yeah. a good spirit in the chat, like people that are in there, you know, you don't have to be positive. I mean, there's reason to be negative, but be fun about it. Right. We don't want to get too dark, but we'll monitor the chat and we'll pick some people each week that have done a great job in the chat and we'll elevate them to the picks competition on Thursday. That work. Yeah. I love that. I think, right. yeah, bring it to the chat. Bring bring some energy, good or bad. Make me laugh, you know? Funny comments, any Marilyn love, you know? Endear me. <laughs> like, Talk up to Marissa. She's yeah, not, Yeah, win you know. me over. We yeah. got it. It's going to be week 15, and we're going to be like, and our 13th Marilyn grad to be in our picks. <laughs> what a All coincidence. Right. We're going to run through people named Michael Dunn and, <laughs> and Marilyn people. <laughs> have a little terp in your bio yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right should we talk about this team and this game yeah, uh it I was guess we got it, it was right? rough i guess we should i mean we're gonna start with the positives which is the defense early on uh first half baltimore 92 yards the defensive line looked very strong uh early on getting pressure on lamar jackson and jermaine johnson flashed a little bit getting a half sack there was moments in that first quarter and first half where And I think you even tweeted, uh, Zach, at one point, this defensive line is going to be a problem for people this season. And it felt like that. So let's start there. Uh, they got no help, but this defense against an offense that can do a lot of things and a quarterback who's very challenging was very strong for at least the first half of this game. And, and we can get into what went wrong in the second half. But, but early on, it looked like a legitimately good NFL defense. Absolutely. I mean, especially after how bad it was last year at times, you know, I, I haven't covered the Jets. I, I know it's a th there's been times over the years where they felt like, you know, the defense is being put in a bad spot because the offense wasn't getting things going. And that, that definitely happened today. And it wasn't just the offense doing the special teams put them in bad spots, too. But at the end of the day, like th this is clearly a talented defense. There's still some things they need to get cleaned up. Um, I, I didn't walk away very impressed with the Ravens offense, like outside of Lamar. Like, I think he made a lot happen, like throwing wise. They contained him running. Uh, they're going to play against some teams that have some good receivers, and you know that's going to be more challenging. But like the talent-wise up front and talent-wise at corner, like this is a much better Jets defense. And you know the linebackers look solid. Uh, the safeties kind of struggled a bit. I'd say that was the weak spot. But you know Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Like my biggest takeaway from the defense was that those two are legit. They didn't give up anything. Um, Sauce was like involved in the play where Rashad Bateman scored a 55-yard touchdown in the second half, but that was more a miscommunication on the back end. I think. So I'm, I'm very encouraged by the defense. I think they're going to keep them in games. You just like, I mean, we're going to get into the offense, obviously. Like, you just worry if they can hold up for four quarters if they're not getting any help. Uh, they certainly did not get any help uh, yesterday. And so by, by the time the second half came around, you know, the field positioning uh, kept on being bad. And, and so it's really hard to, you know, really contain a, a team that really can grind through you like the Ravens do uh, for four quarters, and they weren't able to. So, um, But the fact that they only gave up 24 points uh on a day where you know the offense was doing nothing you know all the turnovers the mistakes everything um I, I think the defense is really encouraging and i think they're heading in the right direction for sure 
Yeah, you mentioned the cornerbacks, and and Sauce Gardner looked like a veteran NFL corner out there in his very first game. Uh, DJ Reed is already that. And you think back to what this team had at cornerback a year ago, and is that's the biggest upgrade, and it's it's kind of shocking um, at this point. Uh, I mentioned Jermaine Johnson. He looked good on the D-line. When you talk about this team and how much they're going to be out there defensively if the offense continues to do what it's doing, the depth they have on that D-line is certainly going to be key. And we mentioned it, Zach, leading up to the game, but you had the big prediction that got some <laughs> run in Twitter oh, about man. Bryce Hoff maybe pushing 10 sacks this year. Brutal. And just speaking to the depth of this front, though, like he's not even active for week one. On Connor's commenting on the, on the show, he's distracting me. Um <laughs> Retiring. <laughs> um, you know, I, the Huff thing surprised me quite a bit. Uh, but I think when you th- sit down and think about it, you know, they had six defensive ends active and they clearly believe in Michael Clemens because he played like 24 snaps, which wasn't even that much less than like Carl Lawson. Um, they're really doing a rotation. I thought Bryce Huff would be part of it. I thought he impressed me as much as anybody on the defense in camp. Um, Jermaine Johnson, like, didn't really have a great camp, but he looked pretty good, like you said yesterday. So I, uh, they clearly value like the first round pick over the guy that, you know, was technically fighting for a roster spot when he got into the camp. So I wonder if that'll be the case every week with Bryce Huff. Um, but yeah, you know, that defensive line is deep. They really rotated everybody. I think Quinn and Williams only played like something like 30 something of the 56 snaps they had on defense. So like they're clearly sticking with that rotation that Robert Sala loves. Uh, they're keeping them fresh. I, you know, I, I think in the second half, the defensive line like quieted down a bit. Carl Lawson. I thought he was going to dominate, especially because the, the Ravens were down to their third string left tackle who was listed at center before the game, Patrick McCarry. And I didn't really notice him getting around him. Um, so I, I think you want to see it more for four quarters. But like I said, it's the defense was really put in a lot of difficult positions by the offense. And it's hard for me to like really blame anybody in the defense. Besides, I think Lamarcus Joyner had a pretty bad game. Jordan Whitehead wasn't amazing. But Joyner had a really costly penalty um, in the second quarter, I believe it was. Uh, wound up being like 32 yards. It was defensive pass interference, defensive pass interference, uh, and it set up a touchdown for the Ravens. And it, where Bryce Huff was on Devin Duvernay, uh, and I don't really think they wanted that matchup either. So it was just a couple of bad mistakes there. And then Joiner was the safety that overplayed the run on the Rashad Bateman touchdown. So those are like two small errors from a, a veteran, and you know depth that safety is concerned since Ashton Davis and. Tony Adams and the guys behind him. So if Joyner can't pick it up, it's not like they have another option on the roster since they cut Jason Pinnock. Um, so I'm uh, I'm concerned about like that spot, but I think they are good enough elsewhere that like it's not as big of a concern for me as the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and Joyner, I don't know if did he speak on the pass interference after the game because it seemed like he just kind of got lost on the play, didn't know where the ball was, and thought it was gonna be there. <laughs> I mean, and it was 10 yards over the head. It was of the bad. Receiver. I, no I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, the receiver. yeah, I didn't get him in the locker room. I think I saw he talked to the New York Post and I, he said something like he didn't think it was a penalty. Um, it looked mm-hmm. like one, you know, I, I haven't gone back and watched, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the film yet. In the moment, it looked pretty bad because the ball was not anywhere near him. So it was, it was bad. It was really bad, especially because the defense has been playing so well. And then all it takes is one chunk play, as they call it, for, you know, the, the top to get blown off. And, on the very next play, Lamar had a beautiful throw to, to Duvernay and Huff, not Huff, Bryce Hall was was tight in coverage, but Salah even said that he made some mistakes like at the line of scrimmage. So it was a couple plays in a row that they, they just made two mistakes in a row after basically not making any mistakes up to that point. 
defensively. And that, that, that'll kill you, especially when your offense isn't scoring. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things on the defense. It was a long wait, but we finally got to see Carl Lawson actually playing football for the New York jets. And he got to the quarterback a couple of times. Uh, overall, what were your impressions of, of Lawson a year, you know, so long after, uh, after they signed him missing all of last season. Yeah. I think he definitely showed flashes of being Carl Lawson. I, they're, like I said, they're doing that rotation. So he didn't, he only wound up playing something like half the snaps. He was the most out of all the defensive ends, but um, I think it's going to be a gradual buildup to where, you know, in a couple of weeks, you're going to see Carl Lawson at his best as opposed to maybe right now. But like, I think in the first half he was good in the second half, he was a little quieter, but um, you know, if that, if that defensive line is going to like live up to its potential, it really starts with him and Quinn and Williams. And um, you know, Quinn and, uh, is another one that I, I I think started off really well. He had a play where he almost snatched a Lamar Jackson pass out of the area. He had a sack, uh, and then he kind he also kind of you didn't really see him later in the game. And he's someone that has the talent to be you know a Pro Bowl All Pro type guy, and everybody's always talking about how he needs to dominate every snap, not just you know at points throughout the game. So I think that's the next step for him is dominating throughout four quarters as opposed to just in the beginning like he did. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We I got. Almost to the 13-minute mark, talking about good stuff, Zach. I feel like after watching good. this yeah. game, that's pretty good. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get into the mistakes and what went wrong in this game as the Jets lose their opener. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's flip things over and talk about the other side of the ball and what went wrong with this team. And no better place to start than at the quarterback position, right? We always do that. Uh, Joe Flacco, the crazy thing is, so I watched this game, but I kind of, I'm not going to lie, late, you know, fourth quarter, I was doing other stuff. Uh, <laughs> so I look at the box score today and, and I was stunned because watching the game, I didn't realize that he you missed all the garbage time passes. stats. Yeah, 37 of 59 for 307. Yeah. Uh, the touchdown, the ultimate garbage time touchdown, uh, the interception, the QBR 15.4 tells the the more clear story. Uh, he wasn't good, Zach. He early on, it was obvious that the Ravens were getting pressure on him right from the get-go in the first quarter, and he looked incredibly uncomfortable and was just not getting rid of the football. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very interesting discussion because I definitely don't think he like he looked like what you would pretty much expect for Joe Flacco. Um, and he was not great. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to go out and win any games for the Jets. But like the small mistakes that the, everybody around him is, first of all, you know, he, he needs to get the ball out faster. The offensive line, right. you know, maybe he's even getting dinged a little too much. I think he holds on to the ball a little bit too long. The offensive line wasn't great for sure, but 
that good. Yeah, anyway. let's not put all the blame on the offensive line. All the time, <laughs> yeah, <all right>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It wasn't. It's not all their fault. Um, the receivers, I think, you know, Corey Davis in particular, like these guys were having trouble getting open, which is a factor. Um, but he, he, you know, he's. I mean, he is what you expect, and just these mistakes were just killed him. You know, he had there was the, you know, they're they're driving up the field. He completes a pass to Tyler Conklin on third and long. He's at the first down marker. Conklin fumbles it. It's not a first down anymore. They have to settle for a field goal. Um, you know, he, he throws a easy touchdown pass from Michael Carter in the second half. Carter drops it. It's fourth down. Turnover on downs. They they finally score a touchdown. Greg Zerline misses the extra point. They get into field goal range. Greg Zerline misses a field goal. Um, Brees Hall fumbles it after a catch. This guy had two fumbles in his entire college career. Um, Corey Davis, bad drop. It's just like one thing after another. And then, you know, I, even when they they punted it away, Braden Mann had a 20-yard punt at one point that he shanked off his foot. Uh, and so the Ravens started in Jets territory and quickly scored. So it was just like one little mistake after another, which is why, it, you know, I know it's the same old Jets and all that stuff, and everybody's really upset, and they have every right to be. Uh, this team has done a lot of this every year. But it did not feel like the Ravens were the better team to me. Like, if you just look at, like, all the – I know it's a lot of little mistakes, and good teams don't make those little mistakes. But it, it's week one. Um, if they keep doing this next week, then I think you could start feeling concerned for sure. But just one thing after another, they just kept on shooting themselves in the foot. And it was crazy because they would finally, they would finally make some headway and then it would be a huge mistake. And like I, I said, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to lead this team to any wins on his own necessarily. Like they need to score points at the beginning of the games because they're not going to come back from big deficits. I think that's just the reality while he's their quarterback. Um, but if, those those mistakes are more of an issue, you know, with the coaching and the offensive coaching staff and um, getting this team ready to go and game plan. I, I think they had opportunities to run for a lot more yards than they did. They they kind of stopped running the ball at a certain point, which I get because they fell behind. But they were running the ball pretty well. Michael Carter was looking really good, other than his uh, his drop. Like it, but it it just so so many mistakes. Like it it wasn't like an overall the offense was terrible. It was a Mistake, 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 mistake. It wasn't that they weren't running the ball well or that. I mean, Flacco didn't really throw the ball down the field. Uh, maybe they need to throw it deep more. And I, I didn't really understand why Garrett Wilson only played like half the snaps because he's pretty clearly the most talented receiver to me. CJ Uzama, they paid more than Tyre Conklin and Uzama barely played, didn't get targeted. Uh, Max Mitchell was playing his first game. It was it was, a, it was bumpy. And, you know, George Fant was back at left tackle. He wasn't happy about being moved over there. He made that pretty clear on Friday. And I think he kind of like hinted at the fact that he might struggle a little bit because it was the week of he was moved again and he did struggle. And Lakin Tomlinson didn't have a great game, but it was just like the whole package. Like there was just a mistake here, a mistake there where that it would just kill any momentum they were they were building. And so but you know, by the time they went to halftime, they very easily could have been leading at halftime. Um instead they came out of the locker room and the defense started slowing down. The offense still wasn't finishing drives. And so you, you had what you had where all of a sudden it looked like a blowout. It was 24 to three. 24 to three was really the final score, even if they scored that garbage time touchdown. So it's uh, if, literally if they fix two of those mistakes, I know you can say that every week, it, but it's week one. So if, if they fix two of those mistakes, it's, it's really a closer game, which is what I was thought we were going to come out of Sunday saying, OK, the Jets were competitive and you feel good at going into week two. Instead, you know, it's apocalypse. Everybody's freaking out, which I, I get because Jets fans are used to this. And, you know, I covered the Giants at I mean, they won in week one this week, but they hadn't won in week one in a long time. They, I think I saw. Were you feeling like, oh man, I changed the wrong <laughs> beat? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, it's like I'm the 
maybe I'm the bad luck charm. Mm. Oh no, don't don't tell <laughs> I, that. I know, I know they'll they'll hate me. Um, it is funny. I, I it was my first exposure to like angry, like fully angry Jets fans because mm. it's like no matter what anybody says now, they're mad. And I get again, I, I'm gonna keep saying it. I I understand it. Like they they have no reason to be optimistic. I, I do think the talent level is greater. It doesn't mean much if if they make those really bad mistakes, but I do think the talent level is greater. I think they should be competitive against the Browns next week unless they play like they did this week, which until they don't, we have to assume they will, I guess. It felt like the the wind kind of slowly went out of their sails, right? Like the, the defense, they get a the nice run first play from scrimmage um, around the end, and you're like, okay, they ran around the left side with Fant there. And they get a big gain, and then that fizzles. So, okay, whatever. But the defense hangs in there. It felt to me like they're down 3 nothing, right? I think they were down 3 nothing when Zerline missed the field goal. Yeah. And that was like one of the – along the way, there were these like moments that just kind of like stomach punches. And that was a big one. It was like, okay, we're going to tie this thing up. We have our kicker who's going to like bring a consistent kicking game to this team finally after all these years, send him out there, tie this game. And he misses it. And it was just like, oh, and then it just kind of piled on. And, and it's there. like you could it's like you could feel it coming too. it's like, OK, here right. we go. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that was my my game story. Like that was my my whole mess. I mean, everybody says same old Jets is the saying I said, here we go again should be their week one motto because it just feels like every every week one, you know, they it, it's it's funny, how, not funny, but it's crazy how quickly things turn because a couple weeks ago, everybody was was pretty positive about all of this, maybe even like right up until Zach Wilson got hurt, I would say. Um, everybody is very positive about this team, the talent, all the moves Joe Douglas made. Anytime something would happen, you know, they signed Dwayne Brown. I'm getting all these memes about Joe Douglas. And, um, you know, anytime stuff was, ha- you know, stuff was happening with all these free agents and this, this rookie class is looking great. There's all these memes about Joe Douglas. They lose in pretty bad fashion. Um, and everybody is just kill Robert Sala, fire Joe Douglas, this team's the same as always. Burn it all to the ground. <laughs> Everything's wrong. Play Mike, play Mike White or Chris Traveler. Uh, I mean, they, they were getting booed before halftime. They were getting booed in the third quarter. Mike White chants are coming in. Um, it's week one, so it's I. It's uh, you know, it, it is easy to to panic with this team in particular, and and I get that. And it, and the, but the thing to remember, I, I I think this needs to be said too. Like nobody thought this team was going to make the playoffs, so. There's going to be bad losses this year. Where everybody gets mad. If if they're going to win seven games, which I predicted, or you know even eight, like you predicted, or six, like many people are predicting, that's that's 10, 11, 9, 10, 11 losses. That's so those are nine, ten, eleven times that fans are going to be very upset this season. Um, there's it's a there's eighteen weeks, seventeen games, sixteen to go. A lot of win- winnable games on the schedule as long as they don't play like they did on offense this week. But I. I'm not ready to, you know, call them dead yet is what I'm trying to say. Like I, I it's, you know, I, it, power rankings are going to come out this week across the NFL. All these national people are going to do power rankings. The jets are probably going to be at or near the bottom because you have teams like the bears and the giants and the Texans either winning or tying or be competitive. And the jets look terrible and the final score looks terrible. And all anybody's going to see is, is how bad they were on offense. But I, I don't think they're the worst team in the NFL for whatever that's worth. <laughs> And and you mentioned it like you know you predicted seven wins I predicted eight wins neither of us thought they were going to beat the Ravens yeah um, so this is a loss that was expected to be a loss I think by most people out there the problem was I thought it would be a good game and I yeah. think you did too and and it wasn't a good game but the mistakes in theory 
can be uh, fixed. You mentioned Michael Carter being pretty good. Uh, he did have the drop, obviously, but running back in general, and I guess you mentioned the rookie class too. Sauce Gardner, you know, looked good. They got all around this rookie class, yeah. I think, showed that it's going to be a talented group. Even, you know, Wilson didn't play that much, but he had a couple of nice plays where you were like, okay, I can see the talent here. Sauce looked good. Um, you had these moments. Brees Hall had the fumble, but he also had a nice stretch of a few carries where he showed the skill set. And he's he's not even the starter right now. But there there's definitely there was definitely signs that what we thought about this draft class is true. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism there. Michael Clemens even made a play at one point. Uh, Max Mitchell starting at right tackle. Jeremy Ruckert was the only one that wasn't even active. And I think he eventually will be because I think Lawrence Cager, you saw, is still a work in progress at tight end. He, he got called for a penalty. And then on the next play, he tripped. And that's when Joe Flacco threw an interception. The interception wasn't even, I mean, Flacco maybe could have made a better decision, but he didn't know that he was going to trip either. Like, I, maybe, like as Flacco said, he's like, maybe I should have checked that one down anyway. Um, but yeah, so this rookie class, I'm very encouraged by still. Like, I, I think Sauce is the real deal. I, nothing I saw yesterday made me change my opinion on that. He'll play some better receivers as the weeks go on. You know, the, the Browns have Amari Cooper. Um, the Bengals have Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and uh, T. Higgins. And and as, as they keep going, the Steelers have talented receivers. Like Every week, there's going to be talented receivers that are going to challenge him. Um, Brees Hall, like you said, I, I think he made a lot of mistakes. It was He had the rookie jitters. He, you know, I asked him about because it seemed like as the game went on, he was getting into a groove before the fumble. Uh, and he said, you know, it's weird because I, I I didn't love that. I didn't really get to play much in the preseason. So it, it's, it almost kind of felt like today was not today. Sunday was like his preseason kind of thing where he needed to get into a, like a physical groove and, you know, sharing carries, which he's, he hasn't really done to this degree before. Uh, so I, I don't think you're going to he didn't really fumble in college. I know there's been guys that come in the league and, and fumble more because of the nerves or whatever. I, I don't think he'll make the same amount of mistakes he did in week one. Mitchell, you'd think would get better as time goes on. He wasn't the worst. He wasn't the weak spot on the offensive line, which is, you know, maybe not what anybody predicted. Uh, so, yeah, I, th I think as time goes on, these guys in particular as they get more comfortable as Garrett Wilson starts getting more and more playing time. I, I think he clearly has the most juice. He had, there was a play where Flacco was about to get sacked and he kind of threw it to the opposite side of the field, which generally isn't recommended, but nobody was around Wilson. Wilson got it, juked a couple guys. And Jess missed a first down. I think Salah said that maybe he did one juke too many, and that's why he didn't get the first down. But you like you weren't seeing anything like that from any of the other guys. And he made his he made his plays early in the game, whereas a lot of Corey Davis's plays came after his drop and when the game was already out of hand. So I, I think by the end of the year, you're gonna see Garrett Wilson getting most of the most, if not all, of the snaps and kind of showing his talent. So I long-winded answer, long-winded way of saying I am very encouraged by this rookie class for sure. All right, so you had the your recap story, obviously, that came out Sunday after the game. You have another story today that people should check out on The Athletic. Um, which Jets are going to make or break this season? You picked out 15, not players necessarily, but 15 members of the, the organization. I say not players because number one on the list is Robert Sala. Um, start there. What, what made you on this list think to go to the head coach first before any of these players? Yeah, you know, because... You know, I covered the Giants for two years where every week after a loss, it sounded almost exactly like everything they took, especially in 2020 when they went six and 10. And as they started the next season really poorly, like a lot of the messaging was sounded a lot like the messaging last night where everybody's like, you know, I, we feel like we have the talent. You know, we it's just execution. It's just execution. We made a mistake here, we made a mistake there. 
if that keeps happening, it's on coaching. And so Robert Sala and his coaching staff needs to, you know, figure out why they're making these mental mistakes and make sure they don't happen again. And one alarming comment that Joe Flacco had, he said like there were points in the game where they would, they would make a couple plays and they would get to the line of scrimmage and everybody was not everybody, but like people were being all lackadaisical. All right, let's get to the line. Uh, and I think that's poor energy is a bad reflection on the offensive coaching staff. Um, you know, it's not, you can't put it all on them. Like the players need to, should be able to get up for a game and all that stuff, but that, that's, that's discouraging. So I think it's on this coaching staff to rally this supposedly talented roster and get them better prepared and make sure they're not making these mistakes when the, when the lights come on on Sunday. So I, I, I that's why I put Robert Sala. It's Robert Sala and his coaching staff, I would say, um, you know, I, I think in the building, they, they are not panicking right now is the sense I get, uh, they believe in this team. They they really do think that uh, you know those mis- those you know six mistakes we listed or seven mistakes are the really the plays that lost them that game. It wasn't that the Ravens beat them; it's that they lost is what you're going to hear a lot this week. I think so. Um, that starts with Salah. Yeah, absolutely. And then player wise, no surprise, uh, the next guy on your list was Zach Wilson. We have to wait for that. Yeah. Um, some of the rookies you have in there, um, but just going through this process, um, was there kind of a part of the roster that you felt like stood out over another one no it i you know it didn't even necessarily surprise me because I, I based a lot of around what we saw on sunday because it was both a combination of all right you know like sauce gardner and dj reed i wanted to highlight them because if they keep playing like this they're going to be in good shape and if you know it gets worse then maybe they won't you know guys like george fan and max mitchell who i think you know Dwayne brown by the way went on injured reserve since we last mm-hmm. spoke oh, and yeah. it yeah. sounds like he I, I would guess it's not only a four week injury, but that's just me guessing. It's not a report. Like I get a sense that they don't feel like he's going to be back right away. So you're going to see a lot of Max Mitchell and George fans. So obviously if those guys don't play better. They're not going to win very many games or LaMarcus Joyner is like the weak spot in the secondary. If, if he doesn't play better, they don't really have another option. So he's going to make or break. I put, you know, the last one I put was insert kicker and insert punter because I'm not sure Greg Zerline and Braden Mann should be very, you know, comfortable in their job security at based on the way they played. Um, and the Jets have shown in the past they're willing to move on from like a kicker if they're bad. They haven't really been willing to move on from man, even though he struggled. So it's just like I tried to highlight guys like that. And Garrett Wilson, who I think, like I said, he's the most talented guy. So if they keep, you know, featuring him and as he gets better, he can be a big difference in whether this offense gets better, too. So that, that's kind of like the goal I had there. It wasn't necessarily like the 15 most important players or the 15 best players. It's just if these 15 people, if if they do their job or don't do their job, are going to you know play a big role if this team starts winning or not. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. It is a little scary now with Brown down because I feel like, yeah. you know, going into training camp and everything, thought the O-line would be good, but they couldn't afford to have injuries on it. And then, you know, we're at this point with the season starting and they're already down two tackles, two tackles that were supposed to be, you know, it's when you when you look at the next few weeks, at least until Zach Wilson is back and he's a little more, bit more mobile, you just it's hard to figure out how they're going to protect Joe Flacco. Yeah, that's that's been my biggest concern since Flacco started out at quarterback. You know, I, I've seen some people bringing up like yeah, everybody was talking about how great he was in camp. I think even on here, I was tempering that by saying, you know, he can't get hit in camp. So a, a guy like Flacco is always going to look better in practice than maybe he will in the games because he he doesn't his lack of speed doesn't really matter when he's there. So his roboticism is why I think, you know, I, I know there's questions about what Zach Wilson can do. Um, and you know, if he's ready to like play within the offense and not improvise too much, but he also has the athleticism and speed to at least like get out of the pocket and, you know, throw something on the run if he has to. And so I think that's what they're missing without Zach Wilson. And it's, it's going to be a problem as long as Joe, Fla- I, I don't think they're going to switch from Joe. I, I don't think he did anything bad enough that they're going to bench him. I know the fans are already calling for Mike white. I'm not sure Mike white can do much better behind this. If this O-line is playing like this, uh, and yeah, you know, they were an injury away from having to play Grant Herman's at tackle yesterday because even Connor McDermott, who uh, isn't especially good either, uh, was injured. So they only had the only backup tackle they had was him. So I'm, I'm very concerned about the offensive tackle spot, especially if either of those guys get hurt. If Wayne Brown's not coming back anytime soon, I, I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm sure they're scouring the practice squads and waiver wire to find options every but they're not the only ones they have a lot there's a lot of teams with offensive line yeah issues. a lot of teams lost which, the linemen yesterday yeah Fox, what, so yeah exactly which which is something people forget about this like there's bigger supply than the bigger supply than you know or bigger demand, bigger than, demand supply. than supply yeah i was like wait <laughs> I was like, how am i saying <laughs> bigger demands than supply when it comes to offensive line because everybody wants good ones and um there's only so many in the league you know you need two good ones, and then a lot of teams want a third and a fourth one. But that, the third and the fourth one are pretty hard to pretty hard to find. So they're going to have to run with who they have and just hope that Mitchell develops and that neither of these guys get hurt too. All right, one more thing I wanted to get into. You know, expectations. Obviously, I feel like they shouldn't change for this team because yeah. they lost the game we thought would lose. They would lose, um, but obviously they have something to prove now that that they didn't prove in week one. Uh, but then you look across. Well, the other side of the stadium, you look a, a little further away in New Jersey to the Giants uh, who win a game in week one that people didn't expect them to win. And then you think back a couple of years and when the Jets hired Robert Sala, 
originally in that coaching surge, Brian Dable was one of the big names that came up, right? From like week 10, when we knew the Jets were heading to a new coach, uh, Dable was one of the guys like, no, he'd be a great fit. He'd be a great fit. Um, they grew through the process. They go with Robert Sala. Now, a year later, the Giants hire Dable. He wins his debut. It's certainly salt in the wounds for, J for Jets fans. Yeah, and that comparison is going to be there all year as long you know, I, I, you know, I was pretty harsh on the Giants on this podcast, on Twitter and person like talent wise. They, they I mean, they had a gutty win and that was a kind of win that the Giants haven't won in a long time. The kind of win that the Jets haven't won really either, where, you know, even when the other team is making a lot of mistakes, somehow they make that field goal at the end. Um, so as, as long as Dave all is winning and Salah is not like that's going to be something people talk about, you know, and and it, there's there's a lot of people who think you should always hire the offensive genius as the coach um maybe there's some merit to that but i, I if you have a great offensive coordinator I, I think that doesn't really necessarily matter and i think lafleur has the ability to be a very good coach um but yeah you know i like you said I, I don't think week one should change expectations for this season you know they didn't they didn't come out of that game with any additional injuries which is positive you know zach wilson you can plan to come back and i however he looks that's a bit that's the big question mark for the season we don't know what zach wilson is going to look like and that'll that will really make or break what this team is is capable of doing this year. Uh, you hope that you're not zero and three going into that game. It's a it's a real possibility they are. These are tough games. The Browns are good. The Bengals are really good. Oh, the Bengals had a bad game. So clearly, anybody can win any Sunday. Joe Burrow, yeah, four picks and a fumble. Yeah, yeah. It can go against. Bad. Yeah, so you know, shit happens. <laughs> so like I, it's uh. They're not their season is not over, even if they start 0 and 3. Like they're the second half of their schedule, like it's gonna be the thing where you have to decide if the momentum they had at the end of the season is real, kind of thing. is the kind of feeling I have about how the season's gonna go, where they start, you know, two and six or three and seven or whatever it is before their bye week, and then they have some winnable games and, and all that stuff. So you you just you just hope that they stay healthy and the, these young guys keep getting better as they get more experience. I, I'm not ready to like say, you know, Dayball is the second coming of, you know, whatever, whoever the hot coach of the week is. And I'm not ready to say Salah deserves to be fired or anything like that. Like I, it just, it's just way too early to me, especially the defense is getting better. I think that's positive. And, um, you know, if, if, if we're talking again at this time next week and they all the same stuff happen again, and then I'm going to start being concerned. Uh, but after one game, I'm not ready to, you know, say fire everybody yet. Yeah, we're not expecting a win, I don't think, against the Browns, but a competitive game. That is yeah. kind of the uh, the number one thing. And um, obviously that came out in Cleveland, which is where Marissa is. Are you guys, is there going to be a lunch? Is there going to be yeah, a Zach and Marissa to. lunch? I have to, yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. I'll, yeah. I'll see if Looking I can fly to. out. See yeah. That'd be great, yeah. Call up our bosses, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, it would be good for you guys to... Uh, to meet in person. It's a crazy yeah. world we live in here at The Athletic where we uh, we all know each other on these calls and Zoom and everything. But yeah, you guys only really saw Connor in person a couple times, right? Yeah. Yes, but I mean, it felt times. like he was like right behind me all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I hope he's not listening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Connor. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. If you want to join The Athletic, read all of Zach's great writing. You can do it for a dollar a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. We will be back with you later in the week. Uh, we'll get you ready for the Browns. We'll talk about everything about that game. We'll do our picks and all that stuff. So tune back in later in the week. We'll talk to you again.